Welcome to episode four of module one. We're going to talk about cellular injuries and what happens when a cellular process is pushed outside of homeostasis. So many things happen. It's really impressive. All right. So let's look at one of many, many, many definitions you're going to end up learning. This is one that is going to stick with you for the rest of your nursing career. So etiology. Etiology sounds like a very simple thing, but it is the original cause of something. In this context, it's the cause of cellular alteration or a disease. So the original reason why. So if you think of a cause and an effect, a cause brings about an effect. The etiology is that cause. It's the original cause. So sometimes you'll have, well, this happened because of that, but that first thing happened because of something different. The etiology is that very, very first thing that caused the first thing thing to change. Okay. So etiology is the very original cause of something. That's an important concept to understand. Now, why do we want to know the original etiology and original etiology? That's kind of a, a bad way to say it, because just by saying etiology, we're saying it's the original, right? So the reason is because if we find the etiology, then often we can reverse it. So examples of an etiology, so exposure to extreme cold, extreme hot, exposure to electrical current, exposure to physical impact trauma, infectious agents, substance of abuse, a high fat diet. Oh, so, so, so many things. So other specific causes of cellular injury, injury from physical agents. So it could be a mechanical force, could be an extreme of temperature, could be electrical forces. If we're looking at electrical forces, electrical path is really important. Uh, that's something that we'll talk about when we talk about electrical injuries in the future. Um, radiation injuries can be important. Uh, ionization, ionizing radiation. So that's what you usually think of when you think of uh, radiation. And I usually think of the Simpsons when I think of radiation. Um we have ultraviolet radiation, though, as well, which are things like the sun rays. And then we have non-ionizing radiation. Those are the deep vibrations. Those are things like x-rays. So we have chemical injuries, uh, the drugs, lead, mercury, uh, injury from biological agents. So viruses, parasites, so many things can cause these cellular injuries. Uh, and then nutritional imbalances, excesses or deficiencies. So many problems. Now, etiology is cells are capable of maintaining homeostasis in the face of temporary stressors. So temporary issues or changes in their environment. However, prolonged or severe insults can cause homeostasis to be disrupted. Remember that homeostasis is that state where internal and external environments are balanced. So the goal of homeostasis is to maintain a good cellular production and to avoid cellular death. So if we're pushing a cell outside of homeostasis, then that cell is no longer able to maintain that good cellular production and may not be able to avoid good cellular death. So if we are creating a temporary st stressor, if we can find that etiology, often we can 
uh, we can reverse that etiology, which will often allow our body to go back into homeostasis and can fix the original state. Sometimes it can't, and that's really important, but sometimes we can. So finding that etiology is so important. So when cells are pushed out of homeostasis, it really that cell has two options. Option one is that it can develop an adaptive compensatory modification in an attempt to maintain homeostasis. So it can do something to try to maintain homeostasis. Option two is it can develop maladaptive modifications that, and can cause a disorder in structure or function. So usually it tries to do number one first. It tries to adapt. And if it can't, then often those adaptive changes will lead to maladaptive changes. So usually it's option one and then option two, but not always. All right, so the point where a cell can no longer achieve a reversible change depends on the type of cell, the baseline health of the cell, and the insult. So what was it that caused the problem? How long of a problem has it been? And what kind of cell was it in the first place? And how healthy was that cell in the first place? Those are all things that can cause, can determine whether or not that cell is going to be able to survive. And remember those cells, every single one of those cells is when you put it together, what creates each of us. So if our cells can't survive, then we can't survive. That's so important. All right. So cellular adaptations. So this word, pathognomonic. So I know that if I'm reading and if I have a word that I can't pronounce, then that word just doesn't stay with me. So I pronounce this one as, well, we, the world pronounces this one as pathognomonic changes. There you go. So it's a cellular level visual tissue change. So a pathognomonic change is visual and it represents a disease process. So it's something that you can see, not when you're just looking at it with a naked eye, but when you're looking at it under a microscope. So these changes are always adaptive. That's why they're pathognomonic. And they initially assist the cell with function, but then they eventually end up worsening the cell function over time. So cells, cellular... Cells adapt to changes in their environment. So they might adapt to increases in work demands. They might change in size. So atrophy or hypertrophy. So we'll talk about those in a moment. Uh, they might change in number. They might change in form. And sometimes it's more than one at a time. So cells also adapt to intracellular accumulations. Remember, some of many of the organelles are designed just to get rid of waste products. So if there's too many waste products, then cells will adapt to that. But when the signal is removed, cells will often revert to their previous structure. Not always, but often. All right, let's look at some types of these pathognomonic changes. So atrophy, a single cell gets smaller. Individual cells we're talking about right now. So it could be a whole bunch of cells and it would be a whole system or it can be an individual cell. So with atrophy, a single cell gets smaller. Hypertrophy, a cell gets larger. We have a couple of different options here, okay? 
for hypertrophy. So physiological hypertrophy, one option or one example, angiogenesis, angiogenesis, we'll talk about that in a second, has allowed increased oxygen and nutrient supply to cells that are working harder. So angiogenesis, that's the actual creation of um, blood vessels. And that allows more oxygen and more nutrients to cells that are working harder. So that's a physiologic change that will happen to um, people that have a lot of musculature, people that are, are exercising a lot. Um, pathognomonic, pathologic hypertrophy, um, there's no angiogenesis, so there's no um, change in the amount of oxygen that has resulted or is available to those cells that are downstream. Therefore, the cells do not get enough oxygen or nutrients. And then the cells end up ischemic. We'll talk about what ischemia means a little bit later on, but they do not get the amount of oxygen they need. So they end up with problems. So physiological hypertrophy, then the cells end up with more oxygen. So they're happy pathologic hypertrophy, there's not enough oxygen. So they end up very unhappy. So those are two options for hypertrophy. So hypertrophy is not just a good thing, even though the cells get larger. So hyperplasia. Uh, so hyperplasia is an increase in the number of cells in a tissue or an organ. So instead of breaking into um, one cell, and then one cell goes, a, one of the two cells goes away so that we still stay with one cell. We end up with two cells and then four cells and then eight cells. So it's often the result of overgeneration, often the problem in hormone-based organs. So you might hear of something like benign prostatic hypertrophy or hyperplasia. Um, that's the increase in the number of cells. Um, and that will often just be because of, like I said, the over-regeneration. So the author, another option is metaplasia. That's the replacement of one type of cell by another. So usually when we're replacing cells, it's because the second type of cell is more rugged and can more easily manage the response of response to the environmental changes. So the first type of cell may have been a little bit more fragile. The second type of cell is more rugged. Um, and so your body just naturally changes. Um, we'll see that as uh, a change in uh, when we're talking about pap smears and we're talking about um, cervical cancer. We'll see that dysplasia, uh, a change in cellular growth or tissue, the cells lose their typical size, shape, and organization. So this is something that is headed towards cancerous. These cells are no longer um, acting the way that they should. They no longer look the way that they should. Uh, and then neoplasia, that is actual cancerous. So these are disorganized, uncoordinated, uncontrolled. They're definitely cancerous. Let's look at some of these. These are my pretty pictures here. So top left, let's go through all of these. Now, really, really important that you understand and you remember definitions of all of these. So atrophy, the cells are getting smaller. These are individual cells. The cells are getting, with hypertrophy, the cells are getting larger. Hyperplasia, the cells, this is um, more of a 
tissue or an organ for hyperplasia. The cells increase in number, but each cell itself looks fine. They act fine. They're still normal cells. There's just more of them. Metaplasia, again, this is a tissue or an organ issue. The cell types change uh, to another cell type that's usually more rugged. So you might have um, epithelial cells change into cuboidal cells or something like that. Uh, with dysplasia, the cells lose their typical size, shape, and organization. Again, those are cellular changes versus a tissue or an organ change, although it could be an organ change. Uh, and then this is precancerous. And then neoplasia, uh, disorganized, uncontrolled, definitely cancerous. Please make sure that you know all six of these types of changes and what they mean and why they are important. So most cancer progression goes uh, in this order. It starts with normal cells. Those normal cells become hyperplastic. So it goes to a hyperplasia. They change then to a metaplasia. So the cells are changing type. And then to a dysplasia where they're actually becoming less organized and then they turn into a neoplasia. So it's usually in these five steps with, of course, step number one being totally normal cells. Um, not always, but most of the time to go from normal cells to cancerous cells, it goes in this order. All right, so let's look at the what can happen when you see this um, when you're doing a... Um, an evaluation on a patient. So this picture here shows some muscle atrophy. The muscle atrophy, uh, the muscle itself is just smaller. We could see this when a person is not using that muscle for some reason. Um, perhaps that, that uh, on this example here that you're seeing, perhaps the leg is paralyzed. Um, perhaps there's a nerve issue that the muscle is not getting innervated. Um, not really sure what's happening here, but the, the leg is just not being used. Um, you know, I'm going to stop here and we're going to go through some examples when we come back in the next episode.